Welcome to this week's Sports Insight Extra podcast from Formula 4 Media in Great Neck, New York. Formula 4 Media publishes vertical trade magazines, Textile Insight, Sports Insight, Footwear Insight, Outdoor Insight, and Sports Style. And it also publishes digital magazines, Sports Insight Extra once a week, Footwear Insight Extra twice monthly, and Textile Insight Extra once a month. Now it's time for this week's podcast. Welcome to the Sports Inside Extra podcast from Formula 4 Media. And today I'm coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, and the headquarters of San Antonio Shoemakers, where I am speaking with Nancy Richardson, the CEO of the domestic manufacturer of Comfort Casual Footwear. Ms. Richardson is a native of Atchison, Kansas, and an attorney who has had two employment stints at SAS. She's been CEO of the company, founded by the late Terry Armstrong and Lou Hayden since 2012. Uh, good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. Great. And first uh, today, I wanted to know, uh, I understand SAS was founded in 1976 and has been around for more than 40 years. You know, could you provide our listeners a brief history about the company and its commitment to domestically produce footwear? And how does the brand stand apart from others in the comfort casual space? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. So in 1976, Lou Hayden and Terry Armstrong found themselves working for another shoe company here in San Antonio, but for various reasons, that employment didn't work out for either one of them. So they looked at each other and said, do we go back to the state of Maine where they both grew up, where it's winter time, or do we want to find a way to stay in San Antonio where it's nice and warm? It was a time that many shoe manufacturers were moving overseas and Lou Hayden had actually done stints overseas for other manufacturers. And both of the men felt very strongly that we could still make good shoes in the U.S. and they wanted to do that. So they scrapped together their funds. Mr. Armstrong sold his house to help fund the company. Everyone thought they were a bit crazy, frankly, wow. because why start another shoe, co- shoe company in the U.S. when other people are moving overseas? Right. But they were really fully committed to making shoes in the U.S. Also, so the second part is how does this, your brand stand apart from... You know, what's your take on the comfort casual space and footwear? So I think one thing that sets us apart is that we are shoemakers first. We may not be the best retailers, we may not be the best marketers, but I truly believe that we have one of the best shoemaking teams in the world and certainly here in the United States. So we still start with a block of wood and actually carve the last. Oh wow, you make your own last, wow. And do that with every new shoe. So when we create a new shoe, we do wear testing ahead of time. So we will put 20 to 30 shoes on people's feet and ask them to wear them eight hours a day, every day for straight two weeks. That is very hard wear on your shoe to wear it day after day. We get the shoes back, we look at them, we ask a series of questions. Did you feel pinching? Did you get any blisters? Did you have any discomfort? We also look at the shoes. How did the leather wear? How did the sole wear? How did the shoelaces hold up? And we make adjustments. So on good, on a good development cycle, maybe we do one round of wear testing and then it goes into production. But many times we do two or three rounds of that to get the shoe exactly where we want it to be before it goes into production. So I believe that our deep shoemaking experience is really what sets us apart. We develop everything internally and we talk about on the front end, who are we creating the shoe for? Is this shoe for someone who's going to be traveling and they're gonna wanna walk eight to 10 miles a day? Is this a shoe for a surgeon who's going to be standing on his feet? eight to 10 hours a day. And we create our shoes with a view as to what they're gonna serve 
the customer for. Next, I wanted to ask, you know, SAS wants to produce shoes in Maine. Uh, could you just tell me about your operation here in San Antonio, you know, the challenges of producing U.S.-made footwear. Have they evolved much since you began as CEO? And how difficult is retaining a trained employee base? Sure. We actually have two factories in Texas, the factory here in San Antonio and a factory of equal size in Del Rio. Okay. Shoemaking has changed since I've come back in 2012. But really, shoemaking is changing because there's better technology, there's a lot of new materials being developed, so there's a lot of progress forward in the shoe industry that gives more opportunities to, to use different materials and maybe automate or use technology in a way that improves the shoe. Okay. Um, what has really changed since I've come back in 2012 is distribution channels, much more Absolutely. so than the manufacturing process. So you had to tackle that. And what about actually, next I want to ask you about SAS's contract to produce shoes for the military. You know, when that commenced, and I asked you about the, if you could, I don't know if you can talk about the pairs or if they're for specific branches of the military or for all branches. Sure. So in 2017, the military put out a request for Barry Amendment compliant right. shoes. And for those who aren't familiar, Barry Amendment says every stitch, every thread, every eyelet, every piece of that shoe has to come from domestic suppliers. And of course, produced here also. It was the first time we've ever looked at applying for a government contract, but our shoemaking team felt very strongly when we became aware of the opportunity that we make great shoes. And this is San Antonio, which is very much a military Absolutely. city. Absolutely. And they came to me and said, we would like to try to bid on this contract. We think we can make a great shoe and support our troops. So we did that and the contract was awarded December 20th of 2017. Okay. We started with setting up our production in January of 18 and we delivered our first pairs to the military in July of 18, although we understand that they're just now starting to hit the various military bases. And, you, and you, SAS doesn't get control of who they go to, they just you send them somewhere in the military and they distribute to whomever. Correct. We supply to certain warehouses and what, how they're distributed after that, we have no... Did you have a couple of competitors that also have contracts Correct. As well? There were three contracts awarded, SAS, Proper, and New Balance. Right. We, we were lucky enough to win the first and largest, Proper won the second, and New Balance won the third. And yes, as, as the best that we know is those shoes go into warehouses mixed and go out to the bases also in mixed brands. Oh, I see. And again, you told me it's 18 months and then you have to renew or something? Yes. So the initial term of the contract is 18 months. The military can renew for a second 18 months. So the contract has a maximum term of 36 months. Okay. And for us, it's a maximum of 398,000 pairs. Well, that's good. So it's, it's, you can lock that business in. You're going to have that yes. for that period. That's good. Yes. Next, I wanted to ask you about the service sector. They seem to be a big fan of the SAS brand. I mean, why they love the brand so I want to know if you could tell me why they love the brand so much. And if there are other, you know, if you talk about the other customer segments that the brand targets today. Sure. So the service segment is is a big market for us. It's an important market market to us. Again, it goes back to our viewpoint of when we create a shoe and we say, what what is this shoe going to be used for? You know, is it a is it a nice, pretty sandal that maybe someone's going to wear at a wedding or a garden party for a couple of hours? Or is this something that a waitress is going to wear and she may be pulling double shifts right. she, or she may work at two different restaurants and go from one job to another. So we really work hard to put as much comfort as we can into the shoe. 
And the wear process that we use when we're developing shoes helps a lot for us to understand what's needed. So many of the wear testers are actually in our factory, which means they're standing on their feet eight hours a day, which many people in the service sector do. So it's not like when we wear tests, we say, oh, put this on for five minutes or an hour and tell us what we think, what you think. It's truly wear this eight hours a day for 14 straight days and then come back and tell us how it feels. And we make adjustments because of that. We've done a much better job, I think the past couple of years of finding the intersection of fashion and comfort, because I think it's very fair to say 20 years ago, if you've said comfort shoes, people equated that with a shoe that wasn't cute, maybe not one that they wanted to put on their feet, but they put it on because of the comfort. So we've done a lot of work to say what fashion elements are fashionable today, what fashion elements do we see out in the market, and how can we incorporate them into a comfort shoe. So it's really a balancing act of putting, marrying them both together, really. It is. I mean, you obviously will not see an SAS shoe with a five-inch stiletto heel because (laughs) as of today, why someone may eventually figure out how to make, put comfort into that. Today, I think it's fair to say no shoemaker knows how to balance that with comfort. I see. Um, So sometimes it is making adjustments. Do you take a quarter inch out of the heel? Is it the pitch? pitch of the shoe, um, but you have to be shoemakers to really understand how to make those adjustments. And also, what about, now you, you have, a, we're gonna, I was going to ask you about the size of the line, you have an extensive line for men and women. How do you, you have to approach, obviously making men's shoes a little differently than women's shoes, I assume. I think you approach designing them differently. Design differently, okay. yes, not making, but, not yes, making them. Yes, but development and production is the same. And, but that's yes. all done in-house as well. It is. We do all of our design and development in-house here in San Antonio. Oh. And, and what about and what about also the balancing act of retaining your core classics that I know they're so loved by your dedicated fans of the brand and faithful, but also keeping the collection fresh to attract new, maybe young, younger or just new customers? Yes, so you're correct. You have to, you have to balance the two. So what we do is we take some of the older well-loved styles and we look at what new new materials we can put into them so you know maybe if a lady's bought this shoe for 20 years she has the black she has the brown you know she may have a white she has the basic colors so we go back and say okay what are the what are the colors for the spring and what can we give her that is new and different so she's able to keep the style she loves but she still gets something fresh and different then we do add styles because the truth is we know more about shoemaking today than we did in 1976 or 1980 or 1995 so we go out to the market see what's what's interesting and then put our own spin on it because we we're never going to be a fashion leader right but we also know our customers want to have elements of fashion on their feet and so we try to give them the best product that has the latest fashion trends and colors but also has the comfort that we're knowing known oh, for okay i know off off the recording you talked a little about the shelf life of some of your most popular can you just t- tell our listeners a little bit about that how many sure so we're a bit like an automotive company is what i like to say when we put a style in we expect it to run a minimum of five to seven years the truth is many of our styles have have run 10 15 20 25 years. A couple of years ago when the duo Sandal reached its 25th anniversary to celebrate, we did the duo in 25 colors that season. (laughs) So we're very fortunate in, in having 
found, okay. we're, we're very fortunate to have found a formula that allows our customer to keep the stalls they love, but also keep those stalls fresh and different. So, so let next, uh, uh, Ms. Richardson, let's talk about uh, the brand's entry into performance. You know, what does that mean? How many, what types of styles are you going to have? And is that new for 2019? I understand. It is new for 2019. They're just now shipping to the stores. So when we created the shoe for the military, we looked at it and said, we think with some small changes, this is a great shoe for the commercial market also. And it filled a gap, frankly, in our line. We've had athletic or act active shoes for a number of years, but we had nothing that was a true performance shoe. Right. And so we took what we created for the military, made a few adjustments. We are now shipping for the commercial market and we intend to go back and we'll create some other styles, some other patterns, some other colors. So and, and for men and women, is that correct? Men and women. And yes. where, do you, where would they largely be distributed at? Uh, shoe stores or not the big warehouse stores? Things like that. Maybe they are, I don't know. No, um, not today. They're going to be predominantly in independent shoe stores as well as you will see them on Zappos and shoes.com. Oh, they're online. Okay, very yes. good. Yes. And what's the re retail range on them? Are they, you know? Currently, they're 199. Oh, 199, okay. Men and women's styles. Yes. Okay, so that'll be so by back to school time, you're shipping them now, but by, by the summertime, I guess you'll have them all out there. Oh, they'll be in, within a few weeks, they'll probably all be so out. Sometime here in March or spring, yes. spring 19. Yes. Okay, great. And leading into that, distribution for the brand, you know, how does that break down? And if you could talk about the independent stores versus your own stores in U.S. versus international. Sure. So independent um, shoe stores, our wholesale business is still by far the majority of our business. Okay. We do have approximately 130 retail stores across North America, but wholesale and independents are, are very important to us. Okay. You know, part of the difference is for you to walk into a SAS branded store or probably any branded store, you probably already have, know the brand a little unless you just happen to wander in. Right. So the, the, the independents are where you get a lot, new, a lot of new customers because the store will introduce them to the brand. Oh. And then they may come and shop at, at one of our stores also because obviously an independent retailer may not carry the full line okay. that's available at our own branded stores. International is becoming more and more important to us. We didn't focus on it for a very long time. We okay. actually only hired our first sales rep to focus on international sales about two and a half years ago. Oh, it's really very new. It is very new, but we are now exporting to 18 countries, so it's coming along nicely. And I have to say, when I travel around the world, it's always a pretty proud moment to see SAS product in other parts of and the actually, world. And actually, in other markets around the world, is, it, is the whole Made in USA thing pushed or tagged? Is it tagged there so people buy it for maybe partly for that reason, or maybe they don't, I don't know. Very important. For whatever um, issues that we have as a country, Made in USA is still recognized across the world oh. as being a quality product. There are certainly people that still seek it out across the world. Oh, very, and, and also internationally, is it, uh, do you have strength in certain countries like Japan or other countries in Europe, certain countries that are very particularly strong for the brand? Certain countries have certainly come on stronger, quicker than others. South Korea is a very important market okay. for us. The Middle East is actually a strong market okay. for us. Australia is a strong market oh, okay. for us. So, yes, we're popping them up. Popping up. The Made in USA story will uh, expand globally yes. with, uh, with the brand SAS. Finally today, Nancy, uh, Nancy Miss Richardson, I wanted to talk about the marketing focus of the brand. You know, I, I had read that you had a billboard in New York City's Times Square last year. 
you know, who is that intended to reach and are there any new areas of focus or how does SAS best reach its customers today? Yes, we actually did a billboard in um, Times Square last year and we still have it this year. Oh, you do have it? Okay. We do have it again this year. Our thought process was this. We did a marketing study a few years back and unfortunately or fortunately, we share the SAS logo with a couple of other companies, a software company and Scandinavian Airlines. I was going to say, I, I know that one, <laughs> SAS Airlines, yes. So when we did the marketing study, we didn't have the quite the brand recognition that probably you would want as a brand. And after Rockport went into bankruptcy, the billboard company actually reached out to us and oh. said, I think the contract had been rejected in the Rockport bankruptcy. And oh, they see. said, would you have interest? We're willing to talk about a pretty good deal on it. And we said, you know what? We've never done this. And New York is a place that gets a lot of tourists. So let's do it. We can change it every week if we want to oh. play around with it, see what messages res seem to resonate and don't. Um, and we actually got a lot of really good feedback. A lot of people that reached out that said, I didn't know who SAS was. I saw this billboard. I went to your website. Yeah. So, so it's, has it been continued? Was it like last spring and I was coming back again? No, it's, it's 30, 365 days a year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Well, well, next time in Times Square, I will have to look for it. Yes, you will. I've probably seen it, didn't notice, but I will have to look <laughs> next time, next next month when I'm in Yes, New it's an electronic billboard, so it switches for so many minutes every hour. Oh, I see. I yes, you. it's not a static billboard. We know a lot of people pass through Times Square. Yes, so they, they do. You won't be, they won't, <laughs> you can't be missed. <laughs> Besides the billboard, are there other areas you're using more now to reach customers online? Are you doing Facebook and things like that? Yes, we do have much, a much larger social media presence than we've had in the past we were we were slow to catch up with some things we our website actually the website store only went active three years ago last November okay. so we were late to selling online and so we've been running to catch up to understand how to use technology to market ourselves okay, but, but you have it all available now so people really... we have it all available available now but still still learning as okay. everybody yeah. is because right. we both know technology changes so quickly you're always in a learning mode great and then one last question I didn't have on the script I'll stray for that for a second uh, but my last question I want to ask you Ms. Richardson is what's the one thing about SAS shoes uh, San Antonio shoemakers that, you, that you'd like people to know that maybe they don't know about the company or the brand what I would want people to understand is that we are shoemakers first and foremost okay. and we're we're not a marketing company, we are shoemakers. So we make our own shoes every day. In manufacturing, you're only as good as the last pair of shoes that came off your line, and we take that very seriously. No one is perfect in manufacturing, so when something goes astray, we only have ourselves to look at. We have no one else to blame. We hold ourselves very accountable for that. And we try to have a little bit of fun every day. Oh, right. That's always important to keep <laughs> it, it going. It is very keep important. Keep it going day after day, yes. that's for sure. Well, thanks, Nancy. I've been speaking with Miss Nancy Richardson, CEO of San Antonio Shoemakers here in San Antonio, Texas. And you've been listening to Sports Insight Extra podcast from Formula 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.